0: What's up, everybody? You are now listening to Bomb Mom Podcast with me as your host. My name is Alyssa, and this podcast is brought to you exclusively by Anchor.fm. Microphone one, ready it go. Good morning, everybody. It's Alyssa back with another episode of Bomb Mom Podcast. What is going on? It is early as hell for me. I'm recording because all of my children are asleep right now. I want to give a quick shout out to all the stay-at-home moms and the moms that have been home for majority of this pandemic, whether it was just with the kids or homeschooling the kids. God bless y'all. I am struggling. I am really struggling. My children... My older two kids are in elementary school, so they've been out for their winter break since before Christmas, but my baby's daycare actually just got closed for another two weeks. They're extending it for two weeks because the staff, I guess, got COVID or somebody there got COVID, and, but I'm still working, and I work from home, and obviously my kids are home. It's just been so much, dude. It's been so much. Like I'm trying to make sure that my older two kids are in their separate rooms doing school, actually focusing doing school because i'm not standing over them because i'm trying to work and then i have my son i call him the baby he's not really the baby but he's my baby he's two and a half i will go in my room and i'll tell him ej you need to sit here watch tv chill for a few i have to go do some work i don't think that he has given me a full five minutes uninterrupted since this break started just he wants to play and he's home with mommy so he wants me to sit with him and watch TV. And that's all well and good, but baby. So ever since I released my first episode of Bomb Mom Podcast, I have been getting so much good feedback. Um, I actually had somebody reach out to me. She lives out of state. And she told me that my podcast popped up on her feed. And she clicked on it. And she said she actually looked at it, followed me. And it wasn't until a couple days later that she went back and she listened to the podcast. And then she actually reached out to me. And she's like, hey, can we... Can I call you on FaceTime, whatever? So we end up connecting. We're on FaceTime for a little bit. First of all, I just want to say this girl had the greatest energy. So she's telling me about her situation and we're definitely similar. She's going through something the same that I was going through. She was trying to work on getting a podcast off the ground as well as a bunch of other business ideas. This girl is super business savvy, super smart. The girl that she was working with wasn't putting in the same work and didn't have the same motivation as her. And she would have these conversations with the girl and like nothing would change. And I feel like she was just like me, like a little bit reserved, a little bit scared to kind of do it by herself. And I just told her like if you have that vision, just do it. You don't need anybody else. You don't need to wait on anybody else. She ends up texting me later on. She actually did the podcast. She used the same hosting site that I use. She made her podcast. She did her trailer. She started doing her logo for it. It just really touched my heart because this is exactly why I started the podcast and why I really wanted to do this because I just want to be inspiring to somebody. I am regular as fuck, but I make the best out of my situations and I really. I'm a hustler. I always have been. And I just want to be able to motivate somebody in the same way. And the fact that me and her really connected and we're going through the exact same thing and that she went back to listen to the podcast, it just—it was just so many coincidences to not be fate. Whether it was for her to talk to me or me to talk to her or both, I just feel like that conversation needed to happen. It seems like I've really been connecting with a lot of like-minded people lately Everyone that I talk to is kind of on the same thing right now, just getting their life together, doing the things that make them happy, and really going after the things that they want. And truly, I just love that for us. A couple days ago, the kids and I did vision boards, and we got big poster boards, we got glitter pens, we got big poster writing markers, just some like cute stuff to make it nice and cute. And we wrote everything that we wanted to accomplish this year and things that we really want to work on and my daughter is literally the cutest she wrote on her vision board that she wanted to be on my podcast at least three times this year and i thought that that was so cute and it was also just a reminder that kids really watch everything that we do and they really idolize us so it's best that we lead them by the best example after we stopped recording for the other podcast i had given her headphones and a microphone that I had and she literally walked around for like two days with these headphones on just talking to the microphone and it was like the cutest thing ever and I told her start writing down some ideas we'll do a podcast episode together me and you we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about and she's just been like really writing things down and working on it and my daughter will definitely be featured on this show at some point Since I was a child, I remember having an attraction to black men. The best way that I can explain it is a gay or lesbian person, they know from a young age who they're attracted to. Just like a heterosexual person. As a young boy, you know if you're attracted to girls. As a young girl, you know if you have a little crush on a boy. Since I was a child, I have been attracted to Black boys and Black men. And I was super drawn to Black culture. I was really into, you know, hip-hop and R&B and, and Black R&B singers and Black movies. Listen, I'm just going to keep it real. I'm a white woman, so I don't know how it is to be a Black man or woman. I don't. I would never be able to experience or fully comprehend the feelings and the emotions behind being a black man or woman in this society but what i will say is that i feel like it is my job as a white woman a mother of biracial children and also just that i am a good human being who cares about other people's feelings i feel like it is my job to really empathize and understand black people as a whole and I always get the same two questions. Why do you like black men? I never know how to answer that because like, have you seen them? Like all jokes aside, but black men are literally beautiful. Black women are literally beautiful. Literally, have you seen them? That's it. That's the answer. And the second question, does your family care? Um, I have always and forever been taught to love everybody. My Nana used to say to everybody, like, yeah, I take in strays because everybody was always welcome. We had different people at every holiday because, you know, one year I would bring my friend that didn't have anywhere to go. And the next year, my cousin would bring her friend that didn't have anywhere to go and her friends, kids. Like it was just we just invited everybody. Everybody was always welcome. It didn't matter who you were, where you were coming from, what you looked like. My family just loved everybody. Which has also not been the greatest for me growing up because I was raised with such love and around such love. I didn't really think that other people could be capable of things other than love. So I've been naive in that sense, but that's besides the point. This was a couple years ago. My daughter was still a baby. She was in one of those like baby carrier car seats and my son was I think like two and a half ish. Um, but Jared and I had lived together with the kids and this was actually right after we moved out of my mom's house and we had one car. So I was getting off of work at night and Jared came to pick me up. I think it was like nine thirty or 10. And I remember this night, it was super dark outside. It was pouring rain. So Jared pulled in the exit side to let me, and the kids out and this was like an apartment complex where you didn't just walk right up to your door I had to walk through a courtyard walk on the other side of the building like it was a pain in the ass as soon as he pulls in the exit we're not even we didn't even move yet to go grab the babies to bring them in the house and two cops pull up behind us they come over to the car they have they're knocking on the windows they tell us to roll the windows down they pull Jared out immediately Before they even start asking us what's going on, they pull Jared out. They're questioning Jared, doing whatever they're doing. The cop comes over to my window and he lightly taps on my window. I roll the window down and he's like, ma'am, I just need to know if you're here against your will. At this moment, I was so irritated. Like I don't even know how to explain the irritation that I had. We were probably there for 45 minutes to an hour and they questioned the shit out of jared they questioned the shit out of me they ended up giving him five tickets they gave him a ticket for something hanging from the rear view mirror they gave him another ticket for improper display of license plate pulling in the wrong entrance exit whatever they hit him with like five tickets and i'm like just thinking to myself what is going on Thank God everything went smoothly and we were able to go in the house with the kids after he got the tickets. But I remember looking at Jared and I'm like, why did they do that to you? I'm like super offended by the way that they treated you. And he looked at me and he said, because I'm black. Me and Jared had struggled as young adults trying to raise these babies because this man would literally come home with a new part, um, a new ticket every day. Points on his license, Tickets that he had to pay, speeding, this, that. And I used to be so irritated with him. Jared, why are you always getting these tickets? Why is this always happening to you? And he's like, Alyssa, it's driving while black. And I used to say to him, like, dude, that's not a fucking thing. You're not being pulled over because you're black. You don't know how to drive, blah, blah, blah. The very next day, I am driving in this town. And mind you, I have lived in this town for probably a week at this point, maybe two. I see the cop lights. I'm like, oh, shit. I sat in my car for about 10 minutes before he actually walked over to my car. And I'm like, oh my God, what was I doing? I'm looking around trying to find the speed limit sign because I just moved here. I don't know what the speed limit is. Then I find out that I'm going 50 in a 25. So I just tell the cop, I didn't know the speed limit here. I'm sorry. I just moved here a week ago. And this man tells me that he didn't intend on getting me in trouble. He did not think I was the one driving the car. That made my blood boil in a way that I cannot even explain to you. And the fact that every single time a black man or woman is pulled over by a cop, they feel this anger. I just I don't have any words for that because that is so fucking unfortunate. That absolutely opened my eyes after that happened. And I will remember that forever. And I definitely think that that was the point in time when I was like, you know what, Alyssa, we need to get it together and really educate ourselves and learn what's to come. Because not only did I have two biracial children at that point, but I love Jared and I love black culture. So I need to understand and not just take the good parts. I need to understand the bad parts as well. My Nana bought my son a book called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Boy. And I actually just found it the other day. I was cleaning up my closet. And I remember putting this book to the side because I was interested and I wanted to read it. But I came across it and I started reading it. And I just have to say that this was probably one of the best books that I have ever read. Um, It's by Emmanuel H.O. He is a retired NFL player he retired in 2015 he now works as a analyst for fox sports and he's a published author and from what i read online uncomfortable conversations with a black boy is the children's version of a book that he wrote called uncomfortable conversations with a black man and i got answers to questions that i didn't even know that i had from this book What I liked about the book was not only was it informational and easy to understand and relate to for black children, but he's also directly addressing white people at several points in the book. Like, hey, if you're still doing XYZ, thanks for coming to read this book. Let's stop doing that now. It's 2022 and I ain't having it. There's a couple things that he talks about in the book that really stood out to me. And the first thing that I just want to bring up is... The fact that people are still flying the confederate flag. Whenever I see one, I am uncomfortable. Take them down. Some people have argued that this flag was used by the confederate army during the civil war to symbolize the state's rights. But what did the southern states want so badly that they were willing to go to war for it? The right to own and sell and dehumanize other human beings. That's slavery. Not only that, but the Confederate flag was used in the years following the Civil War by segregation-loving white Americans and murderous anti-Black hate groups like the Ku Klux Klan. Imagine something like that happening to you so terribly, and everywhere that you turn around, there's white people just driving around with these flags on their truck. I'd be offended, too. Another thing that he mentions in the book is that the net worth of a typical white family in 2016 was $171,000, a figure nearly 10 times greater than that of a black family at $17,150, 10 times greater. To put it another way, black people own about one-tenth of the wealth of white people in this country adjusted for population. Tell me the race is fair now. Another thing that he talks about is covert racism. And I just want to talk about that for a minute because I feel like a lot of people, white people, will say, I'm not racist. I have black friends. I love this. I love that. I I love black people. But are you really taking those steps in your everyday life to show those black people that you love them? Covert racism is a form of racial discrimination that is disguised as subtle rather than public or obvious. This was always my dad. He was always telling racist jokes. I don't think that there was one race that he hated more than another. He just has always been this way. Thank God that me and my brothers have strong minds and my mom is a good person because that could have really went badly because of the things that my dad has said. We, me and my brothers could have developed hate for these people. And I don't mean to sound dramatic when I say that, but literally that is the way that these bias and stereotypes happen. I remember this one time my son was in kindergarten and I got a call from the school and they told me that I had to come in because they were having a problem with my son and another child I guess my son and this kid had been going back and forth. So it was like kind of an ongoing issue. But this child was a young white child. And he said to my son, "Um, you're black. So you have to listen to me. And if you don't listen to me, I can kill you. And I just remember thinking to myself, A five or six-year-old kid is not going to come up with this on their own. That is definitely something that they heard at home. And now look at his feelings when he sees a Black person. That shit is taught, and it's taught at home. I'm not trying to compare my situation, but I have been in relationships, obviously, with Black men where the father or the mom doesn't like me. Um, My youngest son's dad his family they're just so openly hateful towards me and they always have been um i have seen these people face to face maybe like three times in my entire life but every single time that i would argue with my baby dad's mom or his sister it was always you stupid white bitch you trailer trash bitch you stupid white bitch it was always something about me being white and you are wannabe black you want to be ghetto so bad like I don't know what else to say other than I am just myself. And like I said, I do not want to compare because those two situations where people were racist towards me is not the same as the way people look at black people in society. But I understand the feeling and I understand just being like, really, the only reason that you hate me is because I'm white? Because literally there was nothing else that I did to these people. They literally just hated me because I was white. That hurt my feelings. If you believe that white privilege doesn't exist in America, I don't know why you listen this long, but it does. And that is point blank period. And I just want to say that I feel like my job as a white woman in this society is understanding and doing my part to speak up. If you're silent, you got to do better. If you're messing with a black dude, and you gotta hide it from your dad. Man, check your dad. Stop feeling like you can't speak up for yourself. It is 2022. Tell these people to leave all that bullshit in the past. And if you've been ignorant in the past, as I have, just educate yourself. And to all my fellow white people, we gotta do better, bro. It's been real, y'all. Catch you next week. Bye. My name is Jalen and you just listened to my mom's bomb mom's podcast. Bye.